Chapter forty two of the Giant's Robe by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter forty two From the Grave. The days went by. Mark had followed Vincent to the grave with a sorrow in which there was no feigning, and now the angel of death stood at his own door, and love strove in vain to keep him back, for the fear which had haunted Mark of late had been brought near its fulfilment. Mabel lay dangerously ill and it seemed that the son she had borne was never to know a mother's care. Throughout one terrible week Mark never left the house on Camden Hill, while Mabel wavered between life and death. He was not allowed to see her. She had not expressed any wish as yet to see him, he learnt from Mrs. Langton, who had cast off all her languor before her daughter's peril, and was in almost constant attendance upon her. Mabel appeared, in fact, to have lost all interest in life, and the natural desire for recovery which might have come to her aid was altogether wanting as her mother saw with a pained surprise and commented upon to the conscience-stricken mark day after day he sat in the little morning-room which looked as if she had but left it for an instant even while he knew that she might never enter it again sat there listening and waiting for the words which would tell him that all hope was at an end the doctors came and went and there were anxious inquiries and whispered answers at the cautiously opened front door while from time to time he heard on the stairs or in the room above hurried footsteps each of which trod heavy upon his aching heart people came sometimes to sit with him trixie for instance who had married her artist and was now comfortably established in a decorative little cottage at bedford park came daily and as she had the tact to abstain from any obviously unfounded assumption of hopefulness her presence did him good and perhaps saved him from breaking down under the prolonged strain martha too even though she had never been able to feel warmly towards her sister-in-law cast aside some of her prejudice and held aloof no longer martha was inclined to take a serious view of things having caught something of her mother's gloomy puritanism which her own unhappy disposition and contracted life had done nothing to sweeten and not a little to embitter she was not, perhaps, incapable of improving the occasion for her brother's benefit, even then, by warnings against devotion to perishable idols, and hints of chastenings which were intended as salutary. But somehow, when she saw his lined and colourless face, and the look of ghastly expectation that came and went upon it, at the slightest unexpected sound without, she lost hold of the conviction that his bereavement would work for his spiritual benefit her words in season died unspoken on her lip and she gave way at parting to tears of pity and sympathy in which the saint was completely forgotten in the sister and the woman and now it was evening and he was alone once more pretending to read and thinking drearily of what was coming for the doctor had just left and his report had been less encouraging than ever a change must come before long he had said and from his manner it was too clear what he thought that change would be Mark let his thoughts wander back to his brief married life, doomed to be cut short by the very fraud which had purchased it. They had been so happy, and it was all over. Henceforth he would be alone. She was leaving him, after all, and he could not even feel that her love would abide with him when she had gone. Oh, the unspeakable agony of knowing that she welcomed death as a release from him! Never now could he hope to regain the heart he had lost, she despised him and she was dying no she must not die 
he cried wildly in his extremity how could he live without her oh that she might be given back to him even though he could never make the dead love live in her heart again had he not suffered enough was not this a punishment beyond his sin and yet as he looked back he knew that he himself had brought about this punishment that it was but the stern and logical sequence of his fraud there was a low tap at the door and he started to his feet the summons had come no need to question the messenger who brought it he heard the first words and passed her hastily he entered the room where mabel was lying and fell on his knees by her bedside bowing his head upon the quilt in agonized despair after one glance at her pale sweet face my darling my darling he cried don't leave me you promised oh remember this is not not good-bye she laid a weak and slender hand on his dark hair in a caress that was more in pity than in love they have not told you she said i asked nurse to prepare you i knew you would be so anxious no dear it is not good-bye i feel much better i am quite sure now that i am going to get well i wanted to tell you so myself i must live for baby's sake i can't die and leave him alone and even in the ecstasy of relief which mark felt at her words there was a spasm of sobering jealousy she only cared to live for the child's sake not for his End of chapter 42